Welcome to OOO, an out of ordinary podcast where we dig deep into case studies and the nitty gritty of Web3 marketing. You'll find here all the amazing people that are building Web3. So stick to us as we address their marketing secrets and learn how to build amazing products and brands. Hello, everyone. I'm Alex, your fellow Web3 marketer and the host on Out of Ordinary Podcast. This is episode 34. Let me introduce you to my guest. Dominic Fuster worked in digital marketing for over 10 years, both within a digital agency and in-house, within many different industries, including IT, digital transformation, healthcare, and blockchain and Web3. He is now one of the co-founders of Coldchain, a Web3 digital marketing agency. Coldchain works specifically with projects in the Web3 space to develop and execute bespoke digital marketing strategies to help them grow. Good morning, Dom. How are you? Yeah, fantastic. Um, how about yourself? I'm great. Uh, it's it's morning for both of us. It's Monday. We're trying to get the energy up for the for the week. Thank you so much for being with me um, so early this morning, so early this Monday. Um, it's our second recording, so hopefully um, we're going to be able to, to get this uh, episode till the end. Um, and I'm inviting everybody to stay with us because... The first talk, it's been amazing, and I'm pretty sure this, this second one is going to be at least as amazing as the first one. Lots of like marketing tips and uh, knowledge to be shared here. So uh, let's get this going. Perfect. Yeah, excited to get going. And like you say, let's hope the internet kind of keeps up. And um, yeah, excited to have a conversation about Web3 and marketing. Yes. Um, can you tell us a bit about yourself and how you got into Web3? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So I've been in uh, marketing, digital marketing specifically for over 10 years now. Um, you know, I've worked in lots of different industries, you know, from kind of IT, you know, tech, you know, uh, working in healthcare. So I've kind of spread that knowledge across lots of different kind of sectors. Um, and then within that, in terms of digital, you know, content, brand, you know, market analysis, strategy, SEO and paid, you know, pretty much across the board. So quite a broad spectrum of, um, of digital marketing. And yeah, my, my kind of first kind of entrance, I would say to web three was just understanding the technology blockchain, showing an interest in that, you know, how it can kind of evolve and change kind of researching, you know, you know, all of the different kind of aspects of where it came to be. Um, and then slowly kind of investing money into certain ones, you know, maybe a few years back, uh, to date, um, and just kind of get into it that way. Um, the kind of entrance in terms of the, the marketing aspect was really just having worked in lots of different sectors, having an interest in kind of blockchain and web three and crypto NFTs, all that kind of great stuff. And just thinking, you know, how can I really support the industry in my own way? And that was really through marketing. So that's, that's kind of how I got into that. Is this one of the reasons why you started your own agency? Yeah, so just to follow on from how I kind of got into the marketing aspect, um, I started working at uh, Aventus Network, which is the 26th parachain on um, on Polkadot. Um, really kind of immersed myself in that, you know, alongside working with other projects in the space. And yeah, from, from doing that, you know, I noticed some particular problems, you know, with marketing in that area, which I'll go into. My colleagues who I work with now, you know, at, um, at the agency, at coldchain.agency, um, we noticed similar problems. So what, what we noticed was when I first joined, um, there was two agencies that we were currently working with to support uh, quite a small marketing team. Um, there was a very traditional, um, web two agency, uh, who didn't have any background in, you know, blockchain, crypto, you know, web three. Uh, they didn't really understand it. Uh, but they were trying to support with some of the business and marketing goals. Um, and then on the flip side, you had, you know, kind of a very new agency, which is a Web3 one, specifically in NFTs. Um, and, you know, they didn't really have any marketing experience. It was very kind of new, all about kind of community building, nothing outside of that. And trying to get those two agencies to work together, to come together with different ideas and different plans was very, very time consuming. And it was very expensive for, for Aventus, you know, paying money for two agencies. Um, what we found is that they just didn't work and meld well together. And we thought, well, there's a real problem here. You know, you've got this great traditional agency that has all this fantastic marketing knowledge, uh, from, you know, years of experience. Then you've got a pop up that really knows the, um, knows, knows the space. You know, wouldn't it be great if you kind of had an agency that understand understood both worlds and could really help drive kind of marketing initiatives 
for Web3 projects, just having that balance between the, the ideas and how much money they would save in the long run, you know, working with one. So yeah, we, we both basically, uh, thought, why don't we do it ourselves? So we put together coldchain.agency. Um, so it's just coldchain, but that's the website here. And, um, we thought, We've got vast amounts of knowledge, you know, we work at Aventus, working with other projects such as Phantom, you know, we've got, you know, Binance, you know, experience working there, you know, Polkadot, Astar, and, um, we just thought, let's put our minds together, let's start our own agency and, um, and do it better. Everybody's, uh, it's kind of telling me that like web two is very different from marketing in web three. Um, what is your take on that? Because like every single time, like I meet somebody, they will tell me that, you know, Alex, it's so different. Um, and sometimes I feel like it's not, uh, many times. And I really want to know, like, what is your take on that? Especially because you have like experience working in both worlds. Yeah, it's an interesting take. And I think if you go back, it, it can be and it can't be. So, you know, it's, there's just not one single answer for that. If we kind of look at the term and just kind of take it back to, to kind of web, web three marketing, um, there's two kind of different areas here. So there's Web3 marketing and there's marketing in Web3. So if I look at the marketing in Web3, that would essentially mean that we're kind of marketing in the third, you know, the um, third iteration of the web. You know, we're kind of entering the decentralized web where all of our data is our own. Um, you know, we're not using kind of probably not Google and things like that, um, you know, to, in order to enter that, that web. Uh, when we're kind of not there at that point, we're kind of in Web2 and we've got all these great you know, decentralized applications that we can interact with that kind of, you know, store our data in the right ways and we can kind of, you know, have all that transparency that comes with Web3. Uh, where we're at right now is the, um, is kind of, um, web marketing, Web3 marketing, should I say? Yeah. Web3 marketing. And that's kind of, um, you know, working with these fantastic projects in the space, um, that basically need help within a Web2 world, you know, uh, to basically get the project seen. And we've seen how it's really been effective over the years, you know, effective, should I say, uh, for web, web three projects trying to get seen and heard, you know, get that share of voice over the web, um, because of how it's been, you know, perceived, you know, in the media, you know, the crackdowns, you know, in terms of advertising, the crackdowns in terms of being found through search engines, all the algorithms like blocking certain terms and phrases. And it becomes very difficult. And I think that's where the kind of phrase of, you know, web three marketing's kind of come up and, People have kind of focused on that area specifically, you know, since the ICO boom and it kind of blocked everything, you know, stops people being found. And they focus on, you know, immediately just looking at that and think, right, it's very different. We can't get found with ads. We can't get found in search engines. So it's a co completely different kind of philosophy, you know, web through marketing. But my, my take is that, you know, as the space has evolved over the years, You've got so many different kind of Web3 projects, you know, coming up now. It's such a bigger space. Um, so many different kind of sub-industries within that, you know, from DeFi, you know, Oracles, you know, you've got kind of NFTs, GameFi projects, Layer 1s, Layer 2s, Layer Zeros, if you look at Polkadot and Cosmos. And they've all got different unique needs and different audiences. So if you think about it in that way, you know, and if I give an example for, you know, even looking at Aventus, for example, you know, their, their audience as, as an enterprise blockchain, their audience is Web2. And, you know, we all know that Web2 audiences, you know, people that work within big, large corporations probably don't interact with a lot of the different, um, channels that perhaps, you know, Web3 natives do, you know, such as your discords, your telegrams, you know, all of the different decentralized, um, other social media options out there. So you kind of have to be really distinctive of what your audience is. So, in the, in the aspect of, you know, Aventus and, you know, enterprise blockchains that are looking for those kind of web two audiences, you, your marketing strategies are going to be quite similar, um, to, to actually traditional marketing kind of, you know, efforts. If you are a, you know, centralized exchange, for example, and your audience is all retail and it's people, you know, who are looking to invest and kind of stake and kind of, you know, basically, basically do like, um, you know, try and make money, you know, in the space. Then maybe they're more kind of, um, you know, looking at different channels that are kind of more like your telegrams and your discords and things like that. So you might need to deploy ones that are more similar to that. So I think it's such a wide spectrum now, uh, that the space has grown that we can't kind of just pigeonhole and say, you know, that's, that's kind of one kind of, you know, there's one kind of way of marketing in Web3. 
Um, one of the, one of the things that I think we both agree on is that I think there's a, like a huge lack of education for marketers, either they are trying to transition or they're in web three or like found themselves in web three. Um, what do you think should change and how do you think we can support knowledge growth for the next bull market? Yes, it's a really good question. Um, you know, if you look back to kind of where, well, if you look at where we are currently in, in Web3 and Web3 marketing, if you were somebody that had interest in perhaps helping projects or you had your own project and you wanted to kind of really beat the competition and really kind of get that cutting edge, um, all of the resources that you probably have to turn to, or at least the majority of them, are focused on that community building Web3 aspect that we would consider to be the kind of web three marketing that is put out there today and why everybody thinks that it's, you know, very different because that's that one single approach within it. I think if you look at kind of, you know, the resources that we have in, you know, more traditional marketing and web, web two, you've got fantastic, um, knowledge hubs, you know, such as HubSpot where you can learn pretty much everything across the board in terms of marketing, not just digital marketing, and just really teach yourself and learn, you know, how to, how to do that. And what I would add is, you know, these resources are still very, very good for, you know, web people marketing, you know, doing web three, uh, marketing because, you know, a lot of the kind of ways in which you go about, you know, competitive analysis, you know, researching a project, you know, looking at the different angles, you know, to try and help, you know, projects meet their business objectives and growth goals, um, are still very valid to this day. But what I would, what I would kind of say is, you know, we should really be producing a lot more kind of articles, you know, people that are kind of working directly in the space to kind of help other people. And we're kind of starting to do that really at, you know, cold chain, um, to just build like, you know, regular, you know, maybe three a week articles that we put out there just on different ways that you could market for specific sectors within the web three space, you know, whether that's kind of SEO for, you know, centralized exchanges or whether that's kind of, you know, campaign building for, um, I don't know, like DeFi protocols or whether that's kind of paid ads, you know, specifically for decentralized exchanges. And just looking at how we can kind of look at all these different various types of um, digital marketing and put them against these different sectors within the space to show how you could uh, approach each of them differently with different kinds of marketing. Um, you know, we're also starting our own, um, you know, newsletter where we're going to put these insights in. People could subscribe to that. And I think, you know, just by doing that more, you know, we're going to help other people to kind of push their projects and we, we want to see the space grow. So, you know, the more marketers that are able to do a good job rather than a bad job is only going to be good for, um, for Web3. I think one of the, one of the things that you mentioned last time and it really drew my attention, uh, and I think we, we kind of debated a bit about it was the fact that like, uh, you asked me like, how did I learn web to marketing? And basically it was like, of course, by doing, but at the same time, I, it was also through all these articles about, um, how to do X, how to do that ideas on da da da, uh, on promoting, I don't know what. And I think by reading a lot of those things and by kind of trying to implement it, get to a point where you say like, yeah, I kind of, um, know what I'm doing, um, because I've been trying all this, um, all these things out. Um, of course, like they work for like, they, they may work for certain projects. They may not work for certain projects, but I think this knowledge base is one of the most important things that I think we're still lacking at the moment. Um, and obviously like, I'm seeing so many, like so many times people that tell me like, oh, but you know, like marketing web three is so different and they have to be like uh, a pro to do this. And sometimes I get people telling me that I'm either overqualified or um, I see CMOs or head of marketing that like, um, they have a lot less knowledge than me. Um, so sometimes I really wonder myself, like, how do you make a distinction? Like how does, how to, how do some people get actually hired in some roles, um, especially because it's not because they don't know like marketing or that they're not good marketers, but they're good marketers on web too. And I think one of the first thing that they're missing is the basic knowledge about web three, uh, which is one of the most important things. And two, something that's really been on my mind for quite some time, I think actually from ECC, I had like a small revelation, um, is the fact that I think there's so much tooling coming out and there are very few of us getting to actually try them out and see what they are, what they're about. Yeah, no, it's it's a very good point, and I've 
I've seen what you've seen in the space. I've seen, you know, people with quite, you know, high positions within, I would say, Web3 marketing. Um, sometimes that's because it's a very small team and perhaps they've been hired by people that don't really know marketing, you know, developers potentially, you know, hiring marketers without much help, you know, placing somebody. And then obviously you sometimes end up with somebody that has maybe a bit of Web2 background in terms of marketing, but they know absolutely nothing about Web3. Um, but also you do have it the other way around. You kind of get people placed that have, know everything about Web3, um, but potentially don't know anything of the background of marketing. So I think, you know, the, the real key is obviously having that strong marketing knowledge, you know, in terms of Web2, not forgetting that, you know, everything still does apply in terms of how you would approach, uh, marketing. And what I mean by that is, you know, how, how you'd approach well, you know, if you look at a project and you approach any company, you know, the first question you would ask is, what are your business goals? What are you trying to really achieve? Where do you want to grow in six to, you know, eight months time, a year's time, you know, further, you can look even beyond that. And, and just carving out a marketing plan to help them achieve that. You know, the audiences may be very different in web, web two, I mean, web three, but they can be the same as we've kind of discussed in terms of, you know, a web two audience as the, space kind of matures and develops and kind of gets, um, you know, kind of gets more people, you know, from institutions, you know, big enterprises on board that want to kind of adopt uh, blockchain technology. But it's, um, but yeah, it's a big frustration to kind of see people um, that are maybe placed in a job that have, have absolutely no idea. Uh, because I think that holds the, um, holds the space back, you know, they're, they're not qualified to do the job. And, you know, if they're doing a bad job of promoting a project, um, then that's going to be really bad for the space, you know, regardless of what audience they're trying to get. And I would say, you know, the worst kind of case that you would have is somebody that's trying to get, you know, Web2 enterprises and people of that kind of caliber on board, because you want to educate them, you want to show them why they would need that technology, you know, to be used in their company. And essentially, that's what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to grow um, Web3 to be adopted by, you know, kind of other institutions to kind of come into that world. I like this uh, healthy approach, let's say, mostly because uh, I've been in like several Twitter spaces where I've seen people um, talk badly about like marketers at Web3, but it, I think it was mostly because many of them had like very bad experiences with agencies, for example, and many of them kind of like saw the opportunity, built an agency, but they hired people that had no idea um, about Web3. And you can actually, I've ha I was in this kind of situations where you can see the information going through them, like they... They have no, they don't know how to retain it. They don't know how to respond to that. And it's very unfortunate because it kind of gives like, I think like Web3, I wouldn't really want to say, I think crypto has a bad name. I don't think Web3 actually has a bad name, uh, but let's just say it like this. Um, when people hear uh, about it, they're like, no, 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 it's it's a scam or it's bad or like it's not there yet. Um, and I, I wouldn't want, I would like to see marketing being built on a healthy basis but it kind of sets the tone for um, the new wave of projects and marketers and, and companies in the space because the healthier we we make the base, the, the better it's going to be for everybody long term. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And that's why I kind of, what we found when we've been working at our, you know, different places, you know, different projects over the years, we've noticed that obviously, you know, you, you bring on an agency, they have no idea, they can't retain the information about Web3 and what it actually means. And therefore, you know, you get people doing a bad job. Equally, having it built on that healthy basis of good, you know, digital marketing knowledge, you know, as you would find in places like HubSpot, you know, these great kind of ones. I think you need that knowledge first. It's like the underlayer. And then you need to build on, okay, you know, what makes this particular industry different? you know, what What are the differences within that, this rapidly kind of growing industry that is just developing, you know, rapidly with different sectors emerging and different use cases, bringing in these different sectors, you know, and I think it's how you'd approach any kind of marketing, whatever sector you're working with, you know, healthcare marketing is very different to, you know, how you do within, you know, IT and kind of digital transformation marketing, you know, you would approach it very differently. So I think having that ability to kind of come into the space with a great knowledge kind of base of marketing and then understanding the industry 
developing kind of tactics that kind of revolve around that for the different sectors within the Web3 space, I think that's a healthy way to kind of do it. What I've kind of, you know, probably disliked the most is, you know, when I kind of worked at, you know, different, different projects, you know, in the space. Um, and you kind of get somebody that maybe has about six months of marketing experience, but they are into crypto, they're into NFTs and they kind of just kind of start from there rather than starting with a good kind of base of marketing knowledge. Um, one of the, one of the things we promised at the beginning of this episode was to give a lot of examples. Um, and one of the things, the first things I want us to talk about is the differences between B2B and B2C, um, in web three marketing and how do tactics differ? Yeah, it's a really good question. It's kind of follows on from where we've, we've been talking about. So obviously, when you think about Web3 marketing and how it's kind of been portrayed and why probably people think, you know, well, you know, Web3 marketing, what's that about? It's because it's always focused on that very kind of community, you know, hype driven marketing kind of approach, which is very much aimed at kind of retail, you know, buyers, you know, that are kind of new in the space. They want to invest in whichever, you know, governance token, you know, they want to stake it. But I think like B2B and B2C, um, marketing is very different for, for Web3. And I'll give a couple of examples of how we kind of would look at that and why it's kind of important to kind of, it illustrates why it's important to know, have that background knowledge of marketing. So if you look at B2B, um, I think a great example would be something that I'm very familiar with is the Aventus Enterprise Blockchain. So who are they actually targeting, right? So they're actually targeting large businesses within the space, you know, large traditional businesses, might I add, you know, such as airlines. So one of the biggest things that we were really pushing and trying to drive at Ventus was uh, Aventus Aviation. And that, that key service was, you know, to give an example of what, what that would be, it would be using the blockchain uh, to track baggage handling, because we all know how many um, baggages get lost and, you know, people losing their suitcases, they don't know what's happened to them, what touch point it kind of got lost at. Blockchain's an absolutely fantastic use case for that, you know, to know exactly where it is, transparent, you know, open source, you can see that. So, you know, they've, they've been quite successful in that. You know, they've been working with airlines um, across the board. And I think, you know, if you were to look at marketing for that, you know, how are you going to basically find these audiences? You know, where are they going to be looking? Well, they're not going to be looking on, you know, Telegram. They're not going to be looking on Discord. They're not going to be on the Reddits because, you know, these, these CEOs and, you know, founders and the different kind of, um, you know, marketing officers that work within that area, you know, they may not be that familiar with blockchain. They may not know how it really works. So the job really there is to explain why this particular technology would really help them in their business challenges and problems and how they can solve them and ultimately save money, time, you know, baggage loss, you know, make them look better as an airline, look more efficient, you know, all these different great things that would really support them. And you're doing that through more traditional channels, such as LinkedIn, you know, you're doing it, obviously, you know, you can never, you know, turn down, obviously, using ads and things like that, you know, with um, or organic search using, you know, search engines. But, you know, LinkedIn was always a very key one because that's where they spend a lot of their time, these business leaders within these large organizations. And I think, you know, if you looked at B2B in that sense, and then you looked at B2B marketing using another example, such as, I don't know, like Chainlink, for example, or, or the graph, you know, blockchains that actually work directly with other projects and blockchains within the space, you know, for, you know, Chainlink as a data oracle, you know, graphics or data indexing, they're working directly with B2B audiences um, that are, you know, crypto natives, Web3 natives. And I think the marketing there is very different to, you know, the the previous example with Aventus because you're you're basically using more familiar channels to them. You know, they may spend a lot more time on Discord, they may spend a lot of time on Reddit, they may be in Telegram groups. You know, so you're kind of focusing your marketing um to somebody that really understands the technology as well. You know, so the 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 messaging, the kind of not just the channels of messaging, the way that you're putting it across, the way you're describing it, the detail that you're giving, you know. Maybe draw, you know, drawing attention to white papers, you know, light papers, all those, or maybe really in-depth articles that would show them why they would need to, you know, implement this technology. So I think these are two B2B examples, but they're very different, you know, and that just shows how vastly the, the space is kind of growing. If you were then to look at kind of B2C marketing, you know, you could 
give an example of, you know, Binance, which is a, a project that we've worked with, you know, with a cold chain. And, you know, as a kind of CEX or centralized exchange, their main target audience is basically onboarding users to basically trade, you know, use futures, you know, actually, you know, retail audiences like, you know, you and I or other people within the, you know, that work regular jobs that are working crypto, but they might want to kind of gain exposure. And, you know, you've got to work out what channels they're using, probably more like crypto native ones, you know, a mix of the two because they might not know about it, but you're trying to bring in kind of a more traditional investor to do that. So, you know, it's kind of, it's very different. You know, you've kind of got all these different facets, all these different um, areas within Web3. And even within B2B, you've got very different kind of audiences and approaches, you know, crypto native versus, you know, traditional. And it can be the same for B2C, you know, there's, there's, you've got to really identify, I would say, with the projects and the business goals and really align them for who they want to target at that particular time because it can change over time. But I think, um, you know, it's just very interesting looking at how, you know, the Web3 space is really developing, you know, creating all of these different use cases, different projects, offering different kind of, you know, fantastic kind of um, ways to help kind of people within and without outside of the industry. And our job as, as marketers is really identifying, you know, who they're trying to target, who they're really trying to, what their growth goals are, and just, just, just applying it very differently, uh, one at a time. Um, I really like this, uh, this example that, uh, that you've given us. Um, some kind of like moving on, I also want to talk about the fact that marketing for different projects, such as NFTs or uh, marketing for developers in the space or blockchain projects, um, protocols even, um, is, is kind of different or it differs many times. Uh, can you tell us the difference between them all and what should any marketer pay attention to? Yeah, it's, it's a good point because, you know, obviously as the space has matured, you know, you've got all of these different projects in different sectors and it's produced different audiences, which we've kind of alluded to in the last example. So when you think about it, you've got kind of just like Web2, Obviously, the traditional space is, is multi-layered now. You know, you can't just think of kind of Web3 as just one approach, one size fits all, you know, kind of why Web3 marketing has kind of got a bad name to certain people. You've got to kind of look at it in terms of, you know, the different projects. So obviously, you know, we've worked at Colchain with many different projects in the space, you know, whether that's kind of layer 1s, layer 2s, CEXs, DEXs, you know, GameFi, um, NFT kind of projects. DeFi protocols, you know, insurance, you know, you name it. We've kind of worked across the board now. So some of them are similar, and that's in terms of their growth goals, but many are very different. So an example I could give is Cold Chain. We've we've worked recently with a large, you know, layer two. We we can't give it just because of an NDA, and we'll go through that in a bit. You know, a lot of projects are quite keen uh, to be quite, you know, careful, you know, what, what they share and what we share outside of that, which makes it quite difficult to get case studies. And, um, that again informs, you know, one of the issues that we're trying to get information out there, but we're kind of restricted. But we've worked with a large layer too. And their target was basically to get more developers to build on their blockchain. So, you know, another example I could give, you know, for, for that, you know, that's the very B2B example would be, you know, working with a Web3 payments uh, solution, but the audience is B2B rather than B2C. So when I usually or used to maybe back in the day think of DeFi protocols, I would always think, you know, that's about kind of onboarding new users to kind of engage with DeFi, um, use their payment system like wallets, for example, um, and then kind of get adoption that way. But actually, you know, on, upon kind of talking to them, finding out their goals, who their audience is, their audience is, is actually GameFi projects because they want them to kind of bring in their payment solutions. Um, so the focus on game, gaming dApps and things like that. Um, so I think you can't really take it at face value. Um, another example would be, you know, an NFT platform, Vera NFT, which was part of Aventus at the time. They were pushing kind of a white label NFT marketplace uh, that, that basically enterprises, you know, whether it's a sports firm, you know, music, you know, whatever industry you can think of in the traditional Web2 space um, to basically take on um, a bespoke NFT platform that Aventus would build for them called VRFT Marketplace 
and basically have their bespoke kind of branding, you know, have their unique NFTs, whether it was music, you know, whether it was like, you know, photographs, whether it was video footage, things like that, that could engage with um, their audience. And that would be kind of a, a big secondary income. And I think NFTs are still great for this, by the way, even though we're kind of, you know, in a kind of a lull in NFTs. But, you know, we've got to remember that some some fantastically big um, Web2 traditional, you know, organizations successfully, you know, released NFTs uh, on marketplaces that were you know, fantastically popular and what a side income that was for, um, for these, for these companies. And I think we'll see it again. But what I'm trying to get to with that one is if you think of it at first face value, an NFT project, you might think, all right, okay, they're, they're trying to kind of get people to buy their NFTs, but it's not the case. I think what we need to really understand in the industry is to, to just pay attention to the DeFi, the NFT, you know, projects, you know, any other ones like that that might not necessarily be doing and trying to have business goals to what you think they're doing because it's so multi-layered now um, within projects. So you need to kind of really understand what they're trying to do. And then obviously, it could be a B2B cell, it could be a B2C cell that they're trying to go for and adapt adapt to that. So really, as marketers within Web3, we need to um, be very understand that it's such a broad space now and just, just kind of um, just be very careful, I would say, um, to not overlook... And over th- to think that you think you know what that project's goals are because they're so multi-layered now. I feel like many times, and I've actually seen this quite a lot, that like many times people really ask owners or founders, whatever you want to call them, like, what is your goal? And they say, like, I want to target everybody in Web3. But I think many times like targeting is not being done properly. And therefore, or maybe like the business, like, them as a business don't know exactly who they are targeting and therefore like it's so complicated and you're kind of like kind of trying to find the light in the in the dark let's say or some light in the dark and it, it's so complicated um and i've seen this like quite a lot um and many times and i think this is why like many maybe marketing has like a, a bad name um in this space um but i i would guess that like as as the, the the space will will keep maturing, um, people will, will be a bit more clear on like how to move forward, both from a business standpoint and from a marketing standpoint as well. Yeah, and you know what? It's 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 very hard sometimes to kind of you know, especially with a small project that's kind of just built this fantastic DAP, for example. They want to kind of get seen in the space. They want to kind of you know grow, you know, sometimes they're always not as clear, you know, in terms of what their business objectives are in terms of the space. And, you know, having a lot of knowledge in the the space can sometimes help with that initial conversation, have that kind of consultancy with, with, with said project to kind of really dive into and dig and find out where, where you can really support them and find out what their business goals should be. You know, they may not be that clear on what they are. They might just say, Hey, I want to, you know, grow it in the Web3 space. But that doesn't really mean anything, really. You know, you kind of need to know who you're kind of competing against in that particular arena. As we know, the space is maturing dramatically over the last year or so. And it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, I was looking at kind of coin market cap of like 2013 and, you know, you've got about 50 projects. You know, I couldn't even tell you how many projects like exist within the space now. And they're all in their unique niches, you know, within, you know, whether it's layer ones, layer twos, you know, DeFi you know, trying to fight for attention of their audience, be it B2C, B2B, be it Web3, your natives, you know, be it kind of more traditional. It's our job to really find out what they're trying to achieve and then just, just kind of work out what that plan should be. Um, what are some Web3 specific channels and tactics you think anybody should know of? Yeah, it's, it's kind of... Um, yeah, it's kind of different, of, of course, as the, the space matures. But if you kind of just break it down in kind of simple simple form and just look at kind of, I don't know, like a, a DeFi project that has a B2C audience. So, you know, maybe they've got like a built some kind of wallet that they want people to interact with and they're trying to get kind of people into the space to kind of, you know, use it and kind of you know, do transactions within it and whatnot, you know, from that you could kind of determine from a glance, you could think, well, you know, maybe some of the people, if they're interacting with quite a difficult technology, and let's be honest, a lot of the wallets that we kind of interact with in today's world, you know, they 
you need to kind of to have a bit of experience already before you start using them. So if you were trying to get people that were kind of maybe very savvy within the Web3 space, you could maybe consider some of the more crypto native channels to kind of try and target them. You know, be it ones like Coinzilla or Coin Traffic, where you could kind of advertise within, you know, to try and kind of get them, you know, on board so they see that within their feed, you know, when they're when they're on these kind of crypto native sites. You know, on the flip side, you know, they might be thinking, well, you know, we really want to go beyond that. You know, we want to get more people using and interacting with it and just teach them how they actually could, you know, download the wallet, you know, use it. Then you might be kind of having to use channels outside of that, you know, more traditional ones, your Twitters, you kind of, I don't know, kind of like PPC ads, but, you know, we'll go into detail about how difficult that can be. Um, trying to use terminology within the, um, within the crypto, you know, Web3 space. Um, without it getting banned, you know, getting it approved. Um, so it is very difficult. Um, if you look at again, like another one, kind of like an NFT that has a, you know, maybe they're launching an NFT and they've got a B2C audience. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult sometimes to try and compete, um, you know, through organic, organic kind of traffic and listings and things like that, you know, organic traffic through, you know, the web, um, or just posting on Twitter. So you kind of might think, all right, okay, well, let's try and use some paid ads. But, you know, you're using sometimes you can get approved using digital assets instead of NFT. You know, that's still hit and miss. Um, but, you know, it's it's very difficult because I've tried sometimes trying to get digital asset gets approved. Sometimes it doesn't. And it, but it's a tricky kind of space. But if you look at another example and you look at, say, I don't know, a blockchain that has a B2B audience, like, you know, events that I mentioned before, traditional channels, you know, is very much kind of what you'd use in terms of using the terminology, you know, your blockchain, um, that could be troublesome because of the way in which it's kind of used, you know, con- connotations associated that with traditional channels. Um, the power can be in the use cases in the, those circumstances. So what I would say in, in terms of, you know, a, a blockchain project that's really trying to get that enterprise adoption and you don't want to kind of, you want to do some paid ads and you don't want to use blockchain, for example, because it's not getting approved, you know, use the power in the use cases, the terminology around what problems it actually solves. Because if the use case is good enough, it will draw in attention of users to click through to it to find out how that would solve some of those challenges. So it's being a bit cunning with certain um, certain use cases, and the power can be in the use cases sometimes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would say that, you know, the use cases could include, you know, fantastic case studies, you know, having the use cases documented, you know, where it's findable, you know, within search engines and kind of on the website, you know, having it within uh, some of the social media channels um, for people to actually find. Um, but again, you know, it's so difficult to kind of break down how you should approach different ones within the blockchain or Web3 space, should I say, because they're all so different in terms of what their kind of goals are. And yeah, getting getting things approved with ads is probably... The biggest challenge, I would say, for people. Um, actually, I have two questions here for you. One is regarding like um, Web three native channels, for example, and the second one is regarding um, affiliate marketing or brand ambassadorship, because this has been pretty huge in um, to, in marketing uh, a Web three project. Yeah, I mean, the the thing about kind of. Um, Crypto native or Web3 native channels, right? You know, for doing things like coins alone, coin traffic and, you know, bit media, you know, they, they are very good, but it has to be kind of for that particular audience that you're, you're looking for. Again, like if, if we look at kind of projects that aren't looking for people that are already in the space, then they're kind of use, useless in that sense. But if you are a kind of very, I would say, like kind of, everything Web3, kind of your audience is Web3, trying to reach people through that, then I would say kind of going through those channels is is useful because you can say whatever you want, basically, because they're crypto-friendly, the Web3-friendly, the blockchain-friendly. You can use the terminology you want in those ads and your audience might be using them quite frequently. So that could be a win-win for you. In terms of kind of affiliate and kind of like people talking about that, ambassadors and kind of the whole kind of um, influencer, I'd say, you know, having those kind of people within the space talking about that. I think that's massive. I think if you, as a project, have enough money behind you to be able to kind of 
use people within the space that have credibility that maybe aren't, you know, scammers in you know, that they're, they're not kind of going to be, you know, suddenly found to have done something incredibly wrong in say a few months or a year's time and you trust them. And I think using people within the space to kind of really promote is, is a fantastic resource at your hand to use. You know, it can run very expensive, I would say, for, for people to, to kind of use that. Um, because people know how powerful it can be and then people take advantage of that. If you can kind of get that voice of in the space that is somebody trustworthy, they kind of are a partner with the projects of yours, you know, with the kind of in the same ecosystem, using that kind of, um, channel to kind of get, get your voice across, show people that, um, that, you know, they should believe in your project. Then I think that's a really useful one because you've got to think about the way in which people buy or people, you know, People buy into people. People buy into people's views and they buy off people because they like people. And that's a traditional marketing thing that will never change because we're still humans, regardless of what industry you're in. People will buy off people because they trust people and they kind of buy into their ideas. They buy into the way they talk. They buy into the kind of the philosophy they have about the space. And I think, you know, that is a really powerful tool that people can have at their disposal. Um, kind of moving on, um, I want to ask you about like bear market versus bull market marketing. How do you grow in both and what are some specific things to prepare for the bull market? Um, because right now we're kind of in a, in a, in a space of preparation, let's say. Um, and I think everybody's kind of expecting, uh, the markets to, um, um, to kind of start growing uh, sometime soon. Yeah. It's a good point. I was actually just talking about it this weekend and I was talking about kind of, you know, what people are doing right now, what we're seeing projects doing right now in this, this particular space versus, you know, what we expect in terms of marketing and, you know, what people should be doing now, uh, to prepare for that, for the upcoming bull market, which I fully expect to kind of start to really kind of have a lot more interest, I would say, in the space, you know, following the Bitcoin halving, you know, which will happen kind of April, May next year. We'll start to show more interest. You know, at some point we'll see like some Bitcoin ETF and then it'll just blow up. Um, but right now, obviously we're in a very bear market. We know the market's terrible. You know, we know that the interest is at an all time low. And I think, you know, a lot of projects I'm seeing are just kind of head down, kind of building. Some of them have had marketing teams in the past. They've kind of got rid of them because they haven't really needed that or they felt that they haven't needed the marketing teams to kind of gain that exposure. Uh, right now, they want to focus on building. Uh, they want to focus the money and attention on that. Um, and then they'll probably work with an agency when it comes to the time that they think it's right. Um, I would say that right now, building is key, you know, if you're a developer or founder of a project, but you need to show people that you are building. Because the thing is, when the bull market comes back around and people are showing interest, they need to see content out there, regular updates, you know, pushing, you know, announcements, things like that to show that, hey, you know, we're building, you know, you should have every confidence in the project, you know, we're getting ready for the next run, you know, you know, we've, you know, to stand out against competition because regardless of what sector you're in, whether it's layer ones, you know, it's layer twos, you know, DeFi, whatever, it's a very congested space, you know, I don't know how many layer one projects there are right now, how many layer twos, uh, DeFi protocols, you know, or- oracles you know, of that nature. Um, GameFi, you know, like how big the GameFi is, you know, why, why your particular game? You need to be kind of showing that you're building, you're creating, you're developing. Um, and that's where marketing comes in, right? So I think marketing's key right now. And it's probably more key than it is when it comes into the actual bull market. Things market themselves, uh, at that point, because there's so much kind of hype and interest in the, in the space. People are fine, should be finding all of the great content that you've been producing, um, over that time period, promoting your project. So I think in some ways, a lot of projects are kind of maybe let the marketing teams go or kind of thinking marketing's not right now. I shouldn't be doing it. I should just focus on building. I think that's not the right way to approach it. I think this year is probably paramount for kind of getting to a place in 12 months time to solidify yourself as the, um, as the number one project within your particular sector. Um, and I think that's maybe where some projects, um, that will win in the next run are starting to really pay attention to and doing, doing that. So yeah, um, developers will develop as marketers. Our, our job is to promote. So, you know, we, we want to, we want to do that and help wherever we can because we're not the tech guys. We're, we're the guys to show what the great stuff people are doing. 
I think as developers are developing right now, I think marketers should also be in a place where they're learning about this project so that kind of know what to or like how to move forward uh, when when time comes, let's say. Yeah, I think that's true. I think, you know, if I was somebody that was interested in kind of working within the space or as a marketer and they wanted to really help projects um, or they kind of work alongside, you know, a developer that are part of the team already. Yeah, I think having that, paying attention to what is being built and what's been developed. Um, and I think the important thing is, as marketers, is why is that important? What is going to be that draw for that particular, you know, aspect of what they're building uh, for that said audience that they're going after once you've worked that out? Because I think, you know, as developers, their lingo can be very technical. If you're kind of going for um, an audience that maybe doesn't understand the tech as much, putting it in those layman's terms in the right kind of wording for that particular audience through the right channels is is key. But to be able to do that, you really need to understand the technology. You understand what they're building to be able to digest that material, turn it into something that is right for that particular audience and really super hyper-focus it on the right channels to the right people. And I think, you know, that's where we need to get to in a, in the space as it matures. You need to, you know, not just think, you know, well, we'll just write this about this particular project. This, they're all the same, these Web3 projects. You know, we'll just write whatever. We'll just go with these channels and just, fingers crossed, it'll work. You know, having that deep knowledge, using your time over this period, over the next 12 months to really understand what they're building and as marketers to kind of think, how can we convey that? What channels can we use? How are we going to reach them to make sure that they're the top of their class in terms of, um, you know, that particular sector they're in? Um, something else I wanted to ask you, and I think this is like the, the million dollar question, let's say, how do you get Web2 audiences into Web3 without calling it like Web3 or crypto? Yeah, so that's Web2 audiences into Web3 without calling it crypto. And yeah, it's it's a, a very difficult question. It's so it's the ultimate one that people want to know to kind of get their project kind of excelling against others. And you know what? It's it's very difficult to answer, but I will kind of break it down in, in, in some kind of way and hope that people can kind of get some use out of this. So as we've kind of talked about before, there's so many different kind of sectors and you're trying to get these sometimes you're trying to get these your key audience is Web2, right? But you wanted to bring them into the Web3 space, but you don't want to mention that it's kind of crypto for whatever reason. There might be two reasons that you might not want to mention that it's crypto or Web3 or blockchain. The first reason might be that it's NFT related and it might put people off because of the bad connotations that people have got with the terminology. Even though it's an absolutely fantastic technology, we've seen that people have really lost trust in it, you know, in terms of the terms. And... um you know, another reason might be that you just can't get it, the damn thing like approved through like paid ads. You're like, you're trying, you're trying to get it approved day on, day out, day out. Ah, it's frustrating. You know, I want to kind of say what this project is and what it does, but I can't get it approved through these traditional channels. And I can't use the Web3 marketing channels, you know, like Coinzilla because they're not going to be on them. So you've got these two unique kind of problems, um, in that instance. So I would say in the first instance with the kind of the NFT kind of connotation, I really like what um, what was done through Reddit, you know, in terms of, I think it was NFTs powered by um, uh, Polygon. And they just called them, I think, digital assets. And they sold, sold them all out. They, they were NFTs. They were fantastic. They did whatever they were, but they put them through as digital assets rather than NFTs. So they didn't have that bad connotation through it. You know, there wasn't probably a problem if there were to do any kind of like, I don't know, ads and things like that because they were using terminology that was outside of NFT. Um, and I think people that were in the Web2 space that probably had these bad connotations associated with NFTs would think, you know, okay, I'll buy this. So they bought it without even on, have these assets without even realizing they're NFTs. And we'll probably get to a space like that at some stage um, with technology, but we're not there yet. So I think that's a very clever way of kind of doing it. You know, think about what your use case is for your NFT, you know, and then maybe call it something else. You know, what is the use case? Because NFTs can be anything, right? So what is the use case? What does it do? How does it help people? Do you actually own it? 
you know, compare, if you look at kind of GameFi in gaming in traditional spaces, you know, if you buy something like a skin within um, a game in a traditional world of gaming, you don't actually own that. The gaming company owns that, you know, but if you buy that as like an NFT within a GameFi project or a digital asset, um, you actually own that. You have ownership. You could sell it on, you know, and that's a use case that everybody can kind of relate to the ability that it's going to make them money. It might go up in value. What a great thing to have. You know, so I think paying attention to the use cases behind, um, the, the tech rather than focusing what the actual names are. I think that's kind of some of the key ways that you can kind of reach those audiences. And again, you know, somebody that's in web two in the traditional world that doesn't know anything about blockchain and crypto, they, they're, they're not going to care about the terminology, you know, because it doesn't mean as much as it does to us in the, in the space. They just want to care about what it does for them. How does it help them? How is it going to make them money? What's it going to do for them? And I think that's where we want to kind of get to in terms of um, the space. And I think that's how, going back to how the million dollar question of how projects can kind of reach those audiences, focus on the use cases, focus on how it can help people and, you know, see if you can avoid using some of those terminology through traditional channels. You might be surprised about who you reach by actually using those use cases in the right messaging. Um, I, I, I really like that. And I think this is something that, uh, um, we're, we're probably going to see a lot of like moving forward, let's say, um, because I'm seeing a lot of companies that are very interested in, in web three. So I'm looking forward to, to kind of see more of that, um, in the near future. If, uh, why not? Um, you've done marketing for Phantom for some time. Um, and one of the things I want to ask you is like, what are some marketing activities, initiatives that you, you can share with us? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, Phantom, Phantom again is, is a project that we've, we've done a lot of work with. You know, when I first started working with Phantom, very small marketing team, couple of people, their marketing has grown, you know, absolutely since then, you know, within different areas within their team. Um, we do have an NDA with it, but there is certain things I can share, uh, in terms of, you know, the activities that we've done and the story behind kind of phantom and what they're trying to achieve. I think that's kind of a really good example of how people can look to approach things. So when we first started working with, with phantom at cold chain, um, it was really trying to understand what, what were their business goals? You know, they're in a competitive layer one space, but that means that they've got plenty of audiences, right? Because what are they? You know, they've got, They've got the Phantom Wallet, the F Wallet. Um, they've obviously got the Opera blockchain uh, that they operate, and then they've obviously got the um, the token, right? They've got the utility token that they actually have that people can buy and stake and whatnot. So, what are their actual business goals? And this can change over time, but so Phantom, um, they they consider themselves to be quite a quite a solid project in space with great community. You know, they've done quite a great job over the time from you know. Uh, through having Andrew Cornier as the you know key developer there, and people know who he is, and it's almost like that influencer kind of marketing that we talked about. People know him well, and that helps really grow the community over the years. But in terms of the business goal at the time when when we've been working with them, it's pretty much stayed the same. They wanted to increase transactions on the Phantom Opera network. They want to grow that ecosystem um, because, in turn, you know what does that mean for them? So if they can get more projects on board, you know you know, kind of market to developers, essentially, to get them to download that opera, you know, build a fantastic dApp, you know, within the ecosystem that helps it grow, but it increases transactions on the network, you know. So if you can get more people interested in these fantastic things and interacting with them, more people get excited to start using it. And that's that's kind of the revenue kind of goal for them. Um, so it's really interesting, you know, because there's a lot of competitors within space. You know, Ethereum's a massive competitor, but obviously... The market share is is different because they're not on the same kind of um, level. Nobody is really with Ethereum. So you've got Avalanche, you know, you've got projects like that. You've got, you know, Polygon for them is kind of a key one that they kind of go against. Um, and I think, you know, one of the challenges is is really getting those developers to sidewire them. So it's a very much B2B sell really in terms of um, what they're trying to do in terms of their marketing, but it's people that are native to the space. So it's going back to what we discussed, you know, B2B marketing, but kind of, you know, crypto natives, you know, so they already understand the space. So what we, what we kind of did really with them, which really helped, uh, was, you know, lots and lots of kind of market research, you know, and depth analysis, looking at kind of doing some, 
SWOT analysis, kind of building out personas, you know, test analysis, looking at where the challenges are and gaps that they can really fill and help, putting together a kind of uh, an action plan for like six months that could really help them. Um, what would that mean in terms of their budget? You know, you know, what channels should they really focus on? How are they going to measure that uh, to to kind of get their you know, I guess, kind of return on investment, you know, from the KPIs? And because they've got quite a big team now, um, the kind of way in which we work is we hand them the insights, we hand them all the details, and they kind of implement it internally now. But it wasn't like that at the beginning. It was more kind of um, you know helping them out, kind of uh, more hands on. Um, before we, we kind of wrap this up, I want to ask you if you can give us an example of a tool that you're using that's either Web3 native or not, or some resources that you think would be very useful and anybody should know about. Yeah, good, good question. Um, I think, you know, if we look at kind of Web3 and what's kind of being built within Web3 right now in terms of alternatives to social media and socials, and blogs and things like that, that that people could start to use and interact with, and also part of an educational journey. Where I would say, kind of start producing content and you know writing with um, you know decentralized um, socials like Mirror, uh, Hive Blog. You know, you may have to connect your wallet to actually use them, but again, it's it's so Web three, you know, in in essence, because every content that you create is then owned by you. You actually own that content that you create because it's created on the blockchain. If you create like content on LinkedIn, for example, now or Twitter, you know, you don't actually own that content. That content is owned by the um, the parties that actually own these platforms, right? So I think using these, just for the fact of kind of using something that's decentralized to actually create content that you own, I think is fantastic. But it also teaches you kind of well, it also kind of teaches you, but it also helps you reach an audience that might actually read those blogs within the space that are kind of using that technology, you know, outside of that. So it's another avenue. Um, and again, like other ones that are like similar to social medias, you know, like your Twitters rather than blogs, uh, I would say like Steemit, uh, Mastodon, you know, using ones like that, just getting to know kind of the tooling because eventually, you know, who knows, it might end up gaining a lot of uh, traction. A lot of people might start reading the content on there and it's a, a fantastic avenue for people in the space. I think in terms of like, if I had to think about ads, which you've touched on like, you know, a little bit in this kind of podcast, I would say, um, you know, looking at kind of Bitmedia, Coinzilla, you know, kind of coin traffic, you know, if you are kind of a Web3 project or you're kind of um, somebody who's marketing for Web3 and you're looking for that audience that is actually a native again to the space, um, using those kind of like um, ads, testing them out, seeing how they kind of go, it could be a really good avenue for you. But only if you're kind of working with people or trying to capture, should I say, people within the Web3 space. Because outside of that, you know, they will not be using these channels and it'll waste your money. Uh, Brave Ads is kind of a good one, you know, alternative to kind of using that as a, as a kind of a search engine, you know, ads um, in terms of social media, you know, alternative to kind of Chrome. So yeah, I like, I like those. And then just in terms of the analytics, you know, if you're really trying to deep dive into analytics um, on the blockchain, that might help with some insights that could kind of help give you a bit of a better kind of insight into competitors, marketing, and, you know, what you should do. I would say like June Analytics, uh, Nansen, uh, both good ones to use as alternatives. So yeah, I think if you're, if you're looking at Web3 tooling and your audience is Web3 native, you know, explore these ones because I think they're really, um, really useful. Lots of names, lots of names. Um, and the last question is, where can people find you? Sure. Yeah. In terms of LinkedIn and my personal uh, profile, uh, you can just find me under Dominic Fuster, F-E-W-S-T-E-R. Um, you know, find me on there. Find me on Twitter at Dominic Fuster. So exactly the same. Or should I say X now, of course. And then in terms of cold chain, um, you know, if you want to find us in terms of what insights we're putting out, you know, mention the newsletter and, you know, all the different kind of stuff that we're doing in terms of blogs and articles for Web3 marketing. Um, look on coldchain underscore web3 um, and telegram you can find me on telegram um, at blockchain but it's spelled block and then c-h-y-n-e yeah it's kind of funny <laughs> um, or coldchain or coldchains one um, again coldchain underscore web3 
on Telegram. Um, I will add all those uh, contacts um, details into the description of this episode so that anybody can can reach out if if they want to. Thank you so much for such an insightful uh, episode and such an insightful hour. Um, I hope you had fun as well. I enjoyed it and I can't wait to maybe chat again in a couple of months to kind of see um, how everything has developed, um, especially at the beginning of the bull market. I think that's going to be a very interesting discussion. Um, thanks again and uh, chat soon. Yeah, brilliant. No, thanks for having me. I look forward to talking again. And um, yeah, it's just ever changing. So I'm sure there'll be some more insights as um, as the Web3 space grows over the coming months. And um, But yeah, if you want to find again, I just forgot to mention coldchain.agency, look on the website, you can find them blogs and stuff. So um, yeah, look forward to speaking soon. Perfect. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye now. Thank you so much for listening to our Out of Ordinary podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to hear more content like this, then open up the podcast app and click on the follow or subscribe button. It takes less than five seconds and is the single best thing you can do to support the show and stay up to date to more marketing strategies that are being used in the Web3 space.